Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome NFL strategy show. Back on this wonderful Tuesday after a hiatus last week because DraftKings. Uh, decided not to put out their salaries until Wednesday, but we've got them. We had them since yesterday. And let me tell you, I mentioned this to the fellas before we started this show. You could close your eyes and probably draft a really good lineup this week. Massive totals across the board, 11 games. We're diving into it, taking a position look, positional look, first take, just really a cursory look to get you started off on the right path before we continue on with the rest of the week. With that said, I'm Dave Locker, and with me, Ben Rasa, Sal Vetri, and we're glad to have all of you guys with us as well. Hit that thumbs up if you're coming in the door. Subscribe as well. Uh, 58% of people that watch our streams are subscribed. The other 42% aren't. Let's change that, man. No reason not to. Uh, If you don't like it, just click unsubscribe, and you'll never have to do with it again. Anyway, Ben, how we feeling, man? Coming off of week six, watching the Cowboys. Oh they are. That, that, that is an awful, a god-awful football team. Kenyon Drake even looks spectacular against them. Uh, the, the, there's just a, a number of examples of craziness that happened in week six. I feel like I said the same in week five and week four. And I must say, I don't know if there's ever been a higher level of parity, P-A-R-I-T-Y, in the uh, National Football League than right now? I don't know if it's a product of just obviously the unique situation with everything or teams not being ready, but this is it's just a strange year. Uh, if the I know they're bad, but if you can't win the East, you never deserve just you, – you tweeted last night, somebody's going to get a home playoff game in the AFC East, NFC East. It's just ridiculous. Cowboys are still in first, despite how horrendous they looked last night. Uh, the two-game slate was interesting, and now we flip the page to week seven already. And the crazy thing is they'll get a playoff game, right, a home playoff game. Sal, it actually could be a detriment to them because if you make the playoffs, the best draft pick you can get is the 21st overall pick, right? They could make the playoffs at like five and eleven, or in the Eagles' case, six or sorry, uh, six and eleven, or in the Eagles' case, six nine and one, or something like that. Uh, and sorry, it was five and eleven, five eleven, six nine and one, uh, and, and end up getting blown out in the wild card round. And they still don't get a top five pick, even though they would, even though the standings would have dictated that they're a top 
five pick going into the 2021 draft. What a mess that is. Yeah, it's crazy. Like if you're going to be at least if you're going to be upwards of the top five, like if somebody wins the division at five wins, that's just terrible. But like the, the other side of that is like at least early on right now, college football wise, it looks like there's like eight to 10 players that you really want. And then just a bunch of guys that you probably don't care if you're picking in the 20s. So maybe not. Maybe I guess if you're Washington, you want one of those higher picks. Some of these other teams that might think they have a quarterback. I don't even know if the Giants think they have a quarterback right now. We'll see. But yeah, this this division's terrible. I think that it's just a product of a little bit like Ben was saying, just the offseason, not having the same stuff, especially for defenses. This division just has terrible offensive lines in general. And then just around the league, offenses are getting better, quarterbacks and skill position players, rookies coming out back to back years firing. So yeah, it's a changing of the guard. It's kind of like how the NBA probably three, four years ago, the pace just absolutely shot up. Yeah, I remember looking at games where a 200, 203 point total in the NBA was high. Right. Uh, you know, there was, I was listening to an old episode of the Howard Stern show the other day with him and Artie Lang. And Artie's like, yeah, I took the over, uh, over 180. And I'm thinking, oh my God, could you imagine over 180? Uh, or no, I'm sorry, I took the under, under 180. Him and Norm McDonald were gambling on a finals game. It's insanity. Uh, but I don't know, Sal, you look at like, and we're going to get into all this, just doing a quick recap. We'll jump into week seven. Uh, but you look at, Take Kansas City, for example. And again, I don't know how much of this is like, you know, this the, the weeks get mixed up. You got to play at five o'clock on a Monday. You got to play Tuesday, even though it didn't seem to affect uh, the Tennessee Titans. You look at Kansas City last week, they got ravaged by Derek Carr. They made Derek Carr look like Dan Marino. And then yesterday, they made Josh Allen look like Derek Carr. So it's so hard to predict what you're going to see from week to week. And look, I've had a, I've had a, um, a decent season, right? Nothing else extraordinary, but I haven't gotten my ass kicked every week. I've had a couple of profitable weeks that have kept me afloat, you know, and that's what you kind of have to do until Sal, like you hit a nice one last week. Um, but it, the, the predictability factor has certainly been crazy. Just seeing how different, specific teams take any team how different they play on a week-to-week basis uh on offense and on defense yeah it seems like so far i mean it was like the cowboys for three weeks in a row last week it's it's atlanta and then that houston titans game either side of it it's just basically like there's just one ultra insane game that you have to be a piece of and it makes it more difficult when there's going to be like five or six games a week that are projected for 52 to 55 points we have three this week opening at 56 so like you might think right away oh this game's going to be chalky but there's so many good spots that it's just easy to either pivot or balance everything out. You just have to be on that one game that goes for 75, 80 combined points. And I mean, having enough darts, if you're playing a bunch of lineups, if you're playing one lineup, just really focusing in on, on those types of stacks. That's where at least I've had success this year. And I think I'm just getting lucky that I'm on those games at this point, but it's scary because it seems like a lot of games are busting or just you're, you're getting scores from defenses in weird spots. Uh, yeah. We have a, another docket of a bunch of 50 point total games to choose from this week. Should be fun. Yeah, Ben, there's uh, one game on the main slate with a total below, sorry, two games with a total below 48. It's just, it's been weird. And I think it kind of feeds into everything we're talking about where when you have totals this ridiculous and scores this ridiculous, even if you have, I've had several weeks this year where I looked and I was like, okay, this went well, uh, these guys scored, but it wasn't the main game that scored. And you're not even close. These are not like, oh, well, like if you miss that game that explodes for 75 or 80, it's almost a slate within a slate. And I feel like that's really up the variance so far this season because 
uh, kind of like college football DFS, which not a lot of people play, but there are totals that are set 75 or 80 points there. If one of those games explodes, it's almost impossible to survive without that game. So this year in the NFL, there's been several weeks because of the Cowboys and some other teams where if you don't have that game, you can basically close the laptop, even if your guys did play very well. And man, you took some, you took two terrible beats over just the past couple of weeks with betting Houston to cover. I think you said you thought they'd win outright. They should have. Uh, And then before that, you had that Minnesota game where, was that against Houston too? No. That, who was that against where you had where you had them, you would bite them outright. They ended up covering uh, the, they ended up covering the two points. But yeah, they were at home. It was the game that Dalvin Cook really, really went off. Um, was it Tennessee? Because I know he went off that game versus uh, Henry. I, I believe it was. Basically, shocking. I've been f- fading the team that hasn't lost uh yeah it was against the titans 31 30 again it's just been that kind of year like i I really thought houston had that game uh we can debate all you want do you go for two and go for the kill to try to get up nine i thought that was an interesting situation to say the least uh just awful i didn't you know winning the game would have been nice when you go to overtime you think okay you're gonna cover that and and no dice that that one really did sting after the uh after the titans exit Last year against, was it the Kansas City Chiefs? Yep. Uh, I said they'd be an 8-8 eight and eight team this year, so uh, I've got some work to do. I really, thought, I really thought they were overrated, man. They have uh, a great coach. They great do have coach. a great coach, man. Vrabel's good. Anyway, let's dive into it, fellas. Again, you guys just jumping in. Happy to have everybody with us. Uh, we're taking our first look at week seven. It's Tuesday, but it's never too soon, especially with uh, many sports dwindling down here. We do, however, still have some MLB action going on. And you know what that means? Well, we like to give away free shit. So we're giving an awesome O plus annual MLB pass, MLB subscription out. So awesome O plus annual full year of MLB content when it comes back around. All you have to do is go to our Twitter account at awesome underscore com and follow those very simple rules. So You'll see the graphic. Just predict how many runs the Dodgers score tonight. One of you randomly, assuming you get that answer correct, we'll have to narrow it down a little bit, be selected among all of the correct guesses. So check the giveaway out at awesomeo underscore com or go to our Instagram handle and win a uh, free month of awesomeo plus platinum as well. So we've got something else going on over there at Instagram to win a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. That's all of our sports. So Osmo Plus MLB full year, and then a month of Osmo Plus Platinum, everything on the site. Uh, good luck. Check it out. And while you're there, follow Sal at Sal Vetri DFS. No reason not to. Follow Ben at Jazz DFS. It's double Z, single Z. And myself, Lafay underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. All right. With that out of the way, let's dive into it. Ben, uh, the top of the position here at quarterback, it's it's absurd, right? You have Russell Wilson against Arizona. And by the way, did Andy Dalton play well last night? No, he didn't play well. But I can promise you this. If you watch that game, you'll see where I'm coming from. Michael Gallup dropped a touchdown in the end zone. Ezekiel Elliott had two fumbles on back-to-back possessions. And then Dalton was forced to throw 54 times. Uh, oh, and one of his interceptions was was because CeeDee Lamb tripped 
to be fair, he was shoved over by a defender. So I don't want to rehash it all, but I will say that could have looked a whole lot differently than it did. And the reason I bring that up, Ben, is because Russell Wilson at the top of the position has Arizona. This game could be a wild shootout uh, out there in the desert. Oh, no doubt. Uh, I mean, it's it's two teams that have shown the ability to get into shootouts. And you mentioned, I mean, we're not going to talk about the Cowboys. They're just irrelevant. But the Cardinals, they weren't locked down. They've lost Chandler Jones. Uh, That's a huge hit to that defense. So he's 8K. He's the most expensive quarterback for a reason. But the depth, this is partly what you were referring to before the show. The depth of these positions is ridiculous. Like, yes, you have Russell Wilson. We've got Mahomes. We've got Josh Allen against the Jets. Kyler's running all over the place, and that's just the top of the top. We still have big names when you talk about Deshaun Watson. Obviously, Cam will look to rebound it, and then guys like Breeze and Teddy Bridgewater working down. So it's going to be busy. The good thing, uh, it's early in the week. I don't see a massive chalk situation forming at QB. I think it'll be very spread out this week. We've got a lot. Yeah, I, I agree too, Sal. You have Wilson against Arizona. You have Josh Allen, who, you know, First few weeks of the season was spectacular. As a matter of fact, his first three games were 300-plus yards. He's never done that before, meaning he never had a 300-yard game passing before this season. Uh, Last night was brutal, 122 passing yards, completed around 50% of his passes. It was rough, man. It was really rough. But Kansas City uh, shut him down. Now, however, he faces uh, the New York Jets, a team that has been crushed in the secondary, Pierre Desir is someone who has been picked on time in and time out. You've got Kyler Murray against Seattle. Aaron Rodgers, uh, God, unceremoniously bounced out of um, undefeatedness. That's not a word, but roll with me here. Against the Tampa Bay Bucks, I think he comes back in a big way. Matt Ryan against Detroit, Roethlisberger against the Titans, Matthew Stafford against Atlanta. I'm just going to let you run with it here. There are so many guys in this top and mid-range above 65, 6,400. It'll make your head spin. Yeah, like Russ looks good right off the top, but I think he'll probably be touched out or squeezed out a little bit just due to the price tag of him and his receivers. If I'm, I I think just like straight up game stacking usually is great. This week looks fantastic to do so and just try to capture one or two of these games that pops off. I also think that like game stacking two games, obviously you can't play two quarterbacks, but like having two or three players from another game that you don't fill out your lineup with is also pretty appealing. Like you look at the Atlanta game this weekend, Tennessee and Houston this weekend, that's pretty much what you needed in a lot of spaces to get there. But those guys up top, Allen and Russ, I don't think I'm going to get there. Allen, they're 12 and a half point favorites. I don't know if the shootout potential is really there. They can obviously be a 30 implied team total. They don't have to do it on the ground, but not too sure that the Jets actually make that one a game to keep it close enough that he has to throw. And yeah, right where Mahomes starts is where it starts to get interesting. I think the range of basically Kyler down to Matt Ryan is like the four quarterbacks that if I had to guess right now where I'd have most of, if not all of my exposure to, would be there. They all have great stacking options. They all have like 56, 57 implied game totals right now and something for Deshaun Watson like historically that probably two years now just like anytime it happens I try and get a good amount happened last week if he comes into a game as like a slight underdog and then the goal is like that they get down at some point in the game he's just a totally different quarterback when playing from behind whether it's just deep shot ability he uses his rushing upside a little bit more to keep drives alive he's barely price point comes up 6,800 Green Bay's defense we didn't know if it was suspect they had the easiest schedule coming into last week it looks somewhat suspect interceptions kind of inflated the score a little bit but it definitely was not stopping Tampa Bay on long drives both in the air and on the ground so that's going to help Watson so yeah I think that just looking at this right away 
my eyes gravitate towards that Rodgers to Matt Ryan range and probably Watson the most in that range just due to, I think, the combination of what he's done the last couple of weeks in the passing game and on the grounds uh, right now. Kyler it is fine at 7,100 rushing ability. He gets above his yard so far per uh, game right now at like 75 on the ground. But again, another game of not being good in the passing game. I don't know if I want to keep going back to that in volume and stacks. So what about Matthew Stafford, 6,500, uh, to dump, jump into this a little bit more? The, the one thing that, that I've mentioned a bunch throughout the week that I, I don't feel terribly confident in is the fact that we've just seen such an insanely flat target distribution, and I was hoping that we'd begin to see that change. Uh, but once again, and of course, they ran the ball a ton last week, right? DeAndre Swift and Peterson uh, combined for around 30 attempts. I get that. But like... There's just no real separation here. Hawkinson, Jones, Galladay all getting around five or six targets. DeAndre Swift, four targets. I I think this could be a game where Matthew Stafford puts up big numbers. It's got a 56.5-point total right now on a Tuesday morning. Uh, but when, when there's no question that when you're stacking the Detroit Lions, you're kind of throwing darts outside of Galladay, hoping that one of them hits, and just scattering guys around. Yeah, and it's it's kind of... I would say concerning that you haven't really seen a ton of passing volume, even in, in games when they're behind, like to the Packers down multiple New Orleans scores. too. Yeah. Second half, only 33 attempts, New Orleans, 31, Arizona, another game, just 31 attempts. So it's concerning even in game scripts where they should be throwing more. Obviously that, that falls into the coaching for a lot of that. So that's my biggest concern right there. You haven't seen these eruption weeks and a lot of it's just like the weapons. Galladay finally comes back. He looks like himself. Marvin Jones just looks terrible out there. TJ Hawkinson, they're slowly ramping up. I think he played uh, the most that he has played in terms of usage last week. They're, they're slowly ramping him up. And then maybe DeAndre Swift keeps these drives alive. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He had more usage, a lot more similar snaps than he's had, so... It's just like weapons-wise, if you want to fully stack it, maybe this is the game Atlanta's the get-right spot for guys like Marvin Jones, Hawkinson to break out a little bit more. But it really just looks like Galladay here. Uh, it'll depend. Like, if he's the lowest-owned team or lowest-owned quarterback out of all these 56 implied totals, well, then, yeah, I have no issues going to him as a slight underdog, 27 implied team total. That's, like, the spots that you just jump for, right? Quarterbacks that are going to be in great matchups and playing from behind or at least based on Vegas. So, yeah, he's right now one of the five yeses that I have outside of those names that we called out in that range above. Ben, did you see what Emac said on the live before lock oh, show last oh, night? I was dying last yesterday. I'm I was laying in bed. I was with, dying. I, I laid in bed watching TV with Justine, and I start dying. I'm like, come here, look at this. She watched it with me ten to fifteen times. It was the greatest thing ever. Sal, did you see what happened? No, I have no idea. I'm excited. Okay, now. so so Emac's on the uh, Emac's on the strategy or the live before lock Monday night football show. It's on Twitter, by the way. You can look it on my feed, Emac's feed. It's anywhere. Uh, and he goes, yeah, he's on with Kyle, and he asks Kyle. So, is there anyone you're um, you're whacking off tonight? And, and and he's like, oh, that was a poor choice of words. And he he knew immediately, right? And then he's talking about, and then you know they're just gonna try and uh, run that clock, C L O C K. I I will never do it justice, but 
Ben, it was his immediate recognition that what he said was was going to be used against him forever. And I got a great laugh out of it. So did my wife. So did you. Uh, I suggest anybody go back and watch that. It's His reaction makes it, though. Oh, it's perfect. He handles it perfect. It's worth the watch. Uh, just, a, you know, we've all been there. It's hilarious. Great. Worth checking out. I, I, I second that 100%. All right, let me stick with you, Ben, if we keep talking quarterbacks here. And feel free to hit on some of the 6K guys if you didn't yet. Uh, I don't know. Does this not feel like one of those weeks where if anyone does start to pull away as chalk, uh, and Sal, you can answer this question after Ben too, that it might be one of those really good weeks to start looking at other quarterback spots? Like, for example, if Ben Roethlisberger is like 2% owned against Tennessee, uh, a team that's been involved in, in a number of shootouts, uh, just a bunch of guys it feels like could kind of go overlooked despite having some really, really good shootout potential uh, in a league right now that that offers shootout potential for 80-plus percent of the games. It's just such an interesting, again, I don't want to overreact to just six weeks, but there is there are so many quarterbacks now where it's like, okay, not only do they need a big game, but they have to compete with that they're not going to get more than you know 10 yards rushing. And they're going up not against just Lamar now. There's four or five guys on every slate where it's like, all right, well, they could chip in with 50 yards rushing and a touchdown. That's an extra three touchdowns passing, basically. Uh, so when you look at these guys, like for me, I know he didn't play good at all, but Cam Newton is there. He played horrible. Everything went wrong in that game. He still gave you 20 points last week. Why? Because he had 76 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He can salvage such an inefficient passing game, just like Kyler. Then we've got Justin Herbert who I don't feel like people are really talking about because they're coming off the bye. The Jaguars are dead last in passing yards allowed per attempt. We'll have to see what's up with Keenan Allen, but Herbert's at 6,400. He's not going to get you a ton of rushing yards, but he is a little mobile back there. I think I look to him as well. So it's really just organizing. There are the traditional old school Stafford, Big Ben pass catchers, but I find myself more interested in these guys that have somewhat dual threat ability just because it feels like when you had one of them, you could get away with it. The chances that nobody has a big game rushing seems minimal, and you're probably going to need one of those guys. No question. And, Sal, I think you'd be surprised if I told you that um, the Tennessee Titans this year are averaging their games over the last four, not week one, over the last four, 65 total points per game. Right, You had two games where both teams were in the 30s last week, 40-plus and a 30-plus. The Steelers are averaging 50 points total per game this season. When's the last time you saw the Steelers come with back-to-back 50-plus point totals? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Everything's getting inflated now. This, this game's going to be interesting because it's basically like, a, I mean, both undefeated teams, a barometer right now of what's happening with Tennessee – coming in and how just good Tannehill's been. I've seen, obviously, all the graphics going out there, like comparing his last 16 games to Mahomes and everybody else and the efficiency metrics being up there. He's been great, and he's been great in all different types of situations uh, when he's called on. But this is like the type of week, number one defense right now is the Steelers in almost every category. Their pass rush, you saw last week against Baker, but all season long it's just been phenomenal. They're only allowing, I think, 18 fan or 18 real life points per game right now. So this is what it's going to come down to, but the total is high. So like something has to give here. Derek Henry, you know, is going to have his opportunities. Tano has been ex- insanely efficient on 28 pass attempts two weeks ago. Then he chucks the ball a lot more this past week. So 
I'm probably jumping off this team this week, at least from the passing game perspective, as opposed to last week versus Houston, just because giving that much credit uh, to the Steelers defense. I usually don't like try and overdo that, especially when the total looks like this, but there's so many other better options, in my opinion, above him uh, that I'm probably going to jump off of Tannehill, even though he's fairly priced and cheap. I'm with you, by the way. I just think I might have some some real interest in the Steelers this week. The Man, there's just been so many points scored in these Titans games. I think they will still find ways to manufacture points. Um, and we saw the Eagles drop 29 on them the other week, so it's it's not that it's not possible. By the way, the Cleveland Browns, in the two games they've lost, have been outscored 76-13, to 13, uh, both of them divisional games. So not great, Bob. Want to talk about any value guys here, Sal, or should we get into uh, the running back position? I'll say personally, there is not a lot I like down here. Maybe I sprinkle in a little Joe Burrow. Uh, it's just, it's it's not a position I think you need to get super cheap at this week, but maybe you have something that we haven't seen. Yeah, that's basically it. It's, it's just Burrow's the only thing I've starred below like the Cam Newton price range. Uh, and yeah, based on the stat that you just said, the, the Steelers giving up points to division rivals, that could be the, or the, uh, Brown's giving up points in the division rivals. That could be the spot for Burrow. Underdog, decent total, but I don't expect to get much there. It's probably like Cam Newton and up for the price range. Ben, any obscure plays you're looking at towards the bottom of the quarterback position? No, it's just the opportunity cost. I I thought in previous years you could say, okay, like they're not raw points. They're not going to get there, but they open up the salary. When you have quarterbacks scoring 30-plus, it just doesn't work like that right now. You're so far behind from a raw points potential. Uh, you really need to play catch up. So none for May. Okay. Uh, ben, running back, I'm telling you, man, you could close your eyes at the top of this position and get anybody that's even, that's great. Take it down to the middle of the position, even towards the bottom. It doesn't matter. Alvin Kamara's got the Carolina Panthers. Ezekiel Elliott's got Washington. Now, if you notice, DraftKings actually priced uh, Tony Pollard up to $5,400. There's 4000 or 4100 the past couple of weeks. Uh Aaron Jones has Houston. Kareem Hunt has Cincinnati. Just at the top, if you told me, you know, I'd rather go with Zeke over Kamara, I don't have a problem with it. There's no way McCarthy wants Dalton to throw 54 times. But I'll tell you what, Pollard got worked in a lot more after those consecutive fumbles by Zeke. I don't I don't imagine that's something that's going to continue, but it's probably something we should start this segment with uh, and really talk about. And also, the broadcast crew, the color commentary, uh, commentary for last night, it, it was so bad. Tony Pollard gets it going, has like three big runs, and they go, all right, well, the Cowboys finally got the run game going, finally established a run. That's why you bring Ezekiel Elliott back in. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't ever know what these guys are talking about. But uh, it could be a strange situation going up against the Washington team that might finally not give them much of a fight. Yeah, I mean – if Zeke continues to fumble, he's obviously going to get pulled off the field, but it's hard to imagine that that, I mean, I guess you could say it could keep happening. I'm not overly worried about that. It's not going to factor into my decision. The bigger decisions are the opportunity cost. Kamara's in a fantastic spot. Derrick Henry's going to get his work. Uh, and even working down, I'm just going to open it up one more. James Conner quietly is still I getting like a, him lot, too. a lot of volume. Tennessee, sneaky bad against the run, 30th. Uh, in rushing yards allowed per attempt, over five per carry. I think that if the Steelers do win this game, it's going to not be through Big Ben. I think Connor could be live for 20-plus carries here, more than reasonable price tag. He's actually, dollar for dollar, I think my favorite running back on the slate. Uh, 
So I like him. The price, I, I, I get a little concerned, but the volume should be there. Sal, your take on Ezekiel Elliott uh, and this top end up around like, you know, 6,500 and up. Uh, just one thing to point out that Ezekiel Elliott had about 10 looks around just in the first quarter alone. Uh, he was really, really involved heavily. I mean, he was targeted, I think, on Dalton's first three pass attempts. Uh, he was just everywhere until those fumbles, and then he got phased out a little bit more, uh, and they just were down by three scores very early in the second quarter. But if it's a game where the Dallas Cowboys don't go behind early, and that hasn't happened yet this year, I do think the goal would be with Dalton at the helm or under center to get Zeke the ball as much as possible. But how many times have we said that and we just haven't seen it happen yet? Yeah, I, I assume that the ownership just around guys like Henry Jones and Kamara will be lower on Zeke, which would make him more appealing. But you still had he had a 20% target share last night. And the the hope here is that they can just get to the red zone. Their team totals dropped by like almost a touchdown compared to what it normally is. So like with a 24 implied team total, you're hoping that they just get to the red zone. And I assume that they're going to at least be in the red zone a couple times. He's league leading right now up there with Derrick Henry for red zone attempts. So even in a game where he was bad in terms of fumbling, getting taken off the field some, his usage was still elite. And I think we're going to expect that. There's really bad sentiment on him from all these fumbles, from them losing. So I think you might get a little bit of an ownership discount on him. That said, like all the way up top, I'd rather pay $100 more for Kamara. It's just if there's like a 2x ownership difference, that's where it starts to become a pivot. Uh, Hawk Dark says Dalton makes the Cowboys look bad. Well, the Cowboys made Dalton look pretty bad too. Yeah, I feel for him. He's got no line left. You know, losing Zach Martin last night too, that hurts Zeke as well. He's going to get the usage. But this feels more and more like inefficient usage. So his floor is sky high. He's always going to get the touches. I just don't know. Again, we have to have that ceiling mindset right now with the scores. Like when you're talking about GPP winning lineups, you're not talking about 200 anymore. That's amateur hour. Like you need 230, 250 sometimes. Uh, That's tough. But here's the thing with Zeke and the reason I keep coming back to it. If we're not assuming that Pollard gets worked in now and you have a timeshare, which I can't imagine that would be the case, right? Uh, Zeke still saw 23 looks. 23 looks in a game where they lost by 28 points, okay? They got hammered in that game. The second half of that, I mean, they were down 21 nothing around midway through the third, through the second quarter. It was over, right? Over. If that's the case, how do we not think that against Washington, an anemic offense, how do we not assume that there are, this could be like a 30-look week for, for Ezekiel? And that's what I kind of keep coming back to. So uh, I really like him, Ben. I, I really like Alvin Kamara against Carolina. Uh, mind you, Michael Thomas should be back, so there's going to be – potentially a drop-off in opportunities, although efficiency might come up. That's hard to say. Uh, What else are you doing at the position? I mean, so yeah, I I totally am in line with that. Kamara is a guy that never thrived on volume anyway. I almost like him where he's getting, I mean, of course I want the volume, but less, less touches, but better spots. And Michael Thomas will open that up. Listen, on a slate like this, my first thought is, oh, I want to pay up at quarterback, and then I'll take a couple top-end running backs, pepper it with their best receivers, and I'll spend $75,000 of the cap. So that's not going to work. I'm going to try to save some money here. I think when you talk about Connor and you work down to Edwards-Alaire, who 
we saw what they can do if they want to run the ball. Um, we have to see the injury situation. Guys like Mixon are banged up. Mostert is doubtful. But I think you can look to these mid-range guys and try to steal some salary while not totally omitting the guys in their best spots because they are really elite players. All right, so... And two is starting. Not that he's on the slate, but that's pretty crazy. They made the move. Wow. I think that's horrible. Yeah, I don't know why they did it, but... They just won 24 nothing. <laughs> what? That's the time to make it. And they smoked the 49ers right before that. And that who did they is, face this week? I don't think they're playing, or at least they're, they're not on the main slate. Gotcha. It, that's crazy. Like, I okay. No I don't know they come out and play. They come out and play the Rams their next game. That is just a very, very strange thing, knowing that I, I don't I don't know. Okay. Fair enough. I'm just a big Ryan Fitzpatrick guy. I would have liked to see another season out of him, and he's played so well. He's been great. Yeah. But I digress. The uh, 5K range and the and, and really down at value is kind of interesting too, Sal. Uh, Antonio Gibson let me down last week. His snap count decreased, and, you know, that's what I should expect from, from liking someone from the Washington Redskins. Uh, sorry, okay. Washington football team. You were doing but, good. What's up? You were you were on a roll there. You hadn't done that all year. Yeah, I mean, I don't really care. No. Uh, the the Antonio Gibson thing, though, Sal, he's he's gonna have one of these games. We saw. I got. I, I said something on Twitter last night. I was like, "Yeah, Kenyon Drake uh, is still not good." Now, I'm not saying the guy's bad. What I'm saying is, don't take the whole season and then week uh, and then week six last night and be like, "Oh man." Maybe this is all he needed there. And the biggest thing was they're telling him to be a North South runner now. Okay, fine. But it's still the Dallas Cowboys. They, they gave him 300 yards rushing in one game. So I don't know. Could this be a Gibson game? Sal? could we finally get Antonio Gibson ripping off a, a huge performance here against the Cowboys defense that just couldn't stop you or myself? Yeah, it, it's just the issue. Like you're getting not great snaps in some of the past weeks, but he's still getting like 13 to 15 touches, and he's doing a ton with those. But at this point, and the price point's on chaining. He's been like 5K for like three straight weeks now. But at some point, I'm just going to drop, jump off, and either go down to some other options a little bit below him that might have some more opportunity, or just that top range that we talked about, where like there's just a bunch of guys screaming out like potential 30 fantasy point performances from Aaron Jones to Hunt to Connor to Mike Davis again. So yeah, I'm probably not going to be floating too much down this range and just the snap counts right now are all over the place. And McKissick hasn't been bad as a pass catcher. That's what they brought him in for. He was good when he was with the Lions in a backfield split. He's doing it again. So they just don't want to take the veteran off the field and he's playing in a way that really doesn't make them. Yeah. Ben, when you talk about some of these lesser priced guys, you've got David Johnson. He's now had 36 carries over his last two games. It helps when you're playing in competitive spots or when you're playing with the lead. That's nice to see. Snap count up around 75% in both of them. Philip Lindsay without Melvin Gordon played or had 23 carries last game in that six-point win over. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the New England Patriots. Uh, and just, you know, touch on whichever one of these guys you want. And then, Sal, you do the same. DeAndre Swift. His snap count, it's not like it saw a significant spike. Uh, he has been – the one thing that's really interesting about him, though, is if you look at how many – he's been targeted on 30% of the routes that he's ran this year. So he's not running a ton of them, but when he is running them, he's targeted quite a bit. But his price has come up. Peterson still saw more carries than him last week. Um it's a weird 5K range where I feel like one of these guys could potentially break the slate and many of them could break our hearts. Well, I agree with that. Uh, <laughs> certainly the ceilings are, are intact, but the floors are the issue here. Like Swift showed um, he can make the most of it. I think that applies to Gibson as well. So, so I'll put it nicely. He's still getting opportunities. It's just, you, it's not going to be the lion's share. Most likely he can get there. No problem. Uh, it's just a little more narrow. I looked at Gordon coming I, I don't really like, like even Singletary, like he draws the fantastic matchup, but we, we know about Zach Moss, who was a non-factor last night, but in general, you're not going to find guys dominating backfields here. It's going to be either unreliable volume or just really bad game scripts slash matchups. Even James White, I'll throw his name out there. Obviously he's not going to be a factor in the running game, but he's going to see his eight to 10 targets in a lot of these games, especially if they're trailing, he can rack up the PPR points. Uh, not a lot to love, but you may be forced into taking a shot here to open up that salary. Yeah, what are you thinking, Sal, with the 5K range? Feel free to dip a little bit down below that, too, because you've got Joshua Kelly at 5,100, uh, and then Justin Jackson at 4,900. These guys uh, really shared the backfield in that, again, another devastating loss, one-score loss for the Chargers. They just can't get out of their own way, and they can't find a kicker that can seal the deal. Uh, but now they face a Jacksonville team that, man, they have been horrendous at being able to contain the run. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I think there's something to DeAndre Swift. Just, like, it's a limited sample right now, but his fantasy points per touch, not even scoring a lot of touchdowns, is more than, like, Alvin Kamara. It's more than Aaron Jones, who are guys who are leading it coming into this week. So he's been insanely efficient. And, yeah, the snap counts haven't come up, but they were giving him red zone usage. They're giving him increasingly the past three or four weeks more passing game usage. And then he gets the 17 touches and 18 opportunities. So now you get a really good matchup. The problem is he's priced up to 5,400 and Patricia can just go like back to Adrian Peterson if they get a lead, something like that. But they come in as slight underdog. So I'm going to like DeAndre Swift. And then the only other option, if he was chalky, I wouldn't get there. But the only other option, even as a pivot to DeAndre Swift, if that's the case, I like uh, Justin Jackson at 4,900. He saw 21 opportunities versus um, New Orleans before their bye week almost 60% of the snaps, so 94 total yards. He basically took that backfield from Joshua Kelly. Now, like, they had the bye week. Do they get more usage and, and figure some things out for the rookie and Kelly coming out of the bye week? Do they go to more of a split? But Jackson's looked good there, so it's another guy that's just a pivot, but like Ben was saying, there's no full-on you can count for 15-plus touches down here. You're just hoping for that game. So I'd probably stay at, like, Clyde Edwards-Layer's $6,100 range and above if you're playing probably cash, and that's probably where I'd stick to in a lot of my tournament lineups. Also, just like four tournaments, right, as we're about to get to receivers, I think that starting to go just like four more four wide receivers in a lot of those lineups and building your lineups that way is becoming like more and more appealing as each week goes on. I agree with that for sure. Um, 
it's just it's frustrating that that Adrian Peterson continues to see the, the type of work that he that he does, and uh, he's been. You want to talk about efficiency, fantasy points per touch? Like, what is Adrian Peterson providing? That and look, we're all Adrian Peterson fans, right? If you're a fo- if you've been a football fan, you know what this guy has provided to the league um, on the field, of course. Off the field's a different story. He's yeah. been. Yeah, he's had sorry, he's had he's been he's been great throughout his career, but he's south. He his his he's average it's just it's not there. Yeah, it's exactly I mean, almost to like the number half of DeAndre Swift's fantasy points per touch. And like Swift's a small sample, gets a lot of passing game work, so that will be skewed. But I mean, just like that shows you right there for fantasy and also even real life, like how dynamic a player can be on their touches. So yeah, he's about half the player that Swift is from like efficiency and like upside standpoint. Yeah, and by the way, uh, Justin Jackson played 60% of snaps to Kelly's 35. So when you talk about you know, taking over that backfield, I still expect there to be somewhat uh, of a split here. I wouldn't say necessarily an even split, maybe like 60-40, because if, if, if we thought it was going to be 80-20 or something, Jackson's probably the chalkiest running back on the entire slate. Would you agree? Right. Yeah, yeah, that price point, yeah, 20 touches somewhere around there, yeah. All right, Ben, wide receivers. Before we do, though, uh, if you guys are new uh, and you don't know about how all of our stuff works over at Osmo, one, we have an express pass that's $3.95 a week, $3.95 a week. Uh, Before it was rankings and and a bunch of other stuff, but now we've added all of our showdown content to it. The ownership projections, the player projections, the top player tool, uh, which – is a lot more than it sounds. Check that out. It's it's awesome. Sometimes we put it out for free. Maybe you can look at it ahead of time and know exactly what it is. Um, or maybe Ben can do a better job of explaining it than I can. But uh, essentially, it's for showdown purposes, percentage that this player is a the top play, talking captain spot, percentage chance, the probability that he's uh, between two and six, and all that just to really, really fine-tune your process in these showdowns because – uh, you can win these things. And while there will be a lot of ties at the top, and you know, we've seen Alex, awesome, number one ranked player in the world, have a lot of success doing it. Uh, Tom, CEO of, of, of Awesome, just hit like 80 grand on FanDuel on a showdown slate the other day. So there's something to it for sure. And these tools definitely make it a lot easier. $3.95 a week. That's all of the showdown content on top of what we already have. Also, uh, if you're looking for, say, straight NFL content, we've got you. You can do weekly, all access to all of our NFL stuff. You can do monthly, annual, you name it. Fantasy Cruncher add-on for those of you playing multiple lineups uh, in on every slate. You've got the all-access, uh, the Platinum Awesome Plus, where if you wanted to do baseball, basketball, football, hockey, MMA, golf, League of Legends, NASCAR, if these, if these sites have contests, we have content for it, uh, and all of the tools – developed and used by the number one ranked player in the world. It's not just his name on these tools. It is the real deal. This is what he uses every single day and also puts on the site where you've seen a lot of subscribers win a lot of money here uh, at Osmo. So uh, go to Osmo.com slash join. There's truly something for everyone. Like I said, less than four bucks a week, or if you wanted to go with the all access annual, you could go with the monthly, uh, whatever, whatever fits you, whatever fits your budget and whatever fits your style of play. Maybe you're a hobbyist. Maybe you're looking to do this seriously. Maybe you're praying professionally. We got something for all of you. Awesome.com slash join and be sure to join our premium Slack chat, Slack chat. Sorry. When you do, uh, join a great community of people that love DFS and betting and sports as much as you do. 
All right, uh, Ben, DeAndre Hopkins at the top against Seattle. Devontae Adams looking for a bounce back against Houston. Michael Thomas against Carolina. Calvin Ridley against Detroit. DK Metcalf, Julio Jones, Stefan Diggs. This 7K and up range is absolutely loaded for week seven. Oh, it's stacked. And unlike running back, I feel like you have a lot of big names coming, rarely do we say this, but coming off pretty poor weeks for them. Uh, Hopkins last night was non-existent. He had that one long catch, but he still was not even close to getting there. You mentioned Devontae Adams and the Packers looking for a bounce back. He saw 10 targets, but it wasn't what we expected. Michael Thomas has been hurt. And then we get into the Atlanta and Seattle guys. So you're going to have options. I don't want to say it's buy low spots because they're, you know, they're the highest price guys uh, for a reason. It's just, I think that of all of them though, Julio will probably garner, I want to say the most interest at first glance at 71, just because he had that explosion week last week for me. I'm more apt to go to Devontae Adams. I think that the volume will be there. The price has not really moved from last week, and I'm not going to let one game really dissuade what I know will be a good spot against the Texans. So give me Devontae Adams if I had to pick amongst all these good options. What about you, Sal? The top, again, really, really loaded here. Yeah, I mean, Adams is the first one that I would go to. I mean, the Houston secondary is – arguably like right up there at Dallas for just worst defenses right now in, in the league when it comes to coverage. So Adams had like a fine week last week. There was another catch. It would have been like a 25 yard gain that he couldn't just reel in would have been like close to a hundred yard game. So he came back from his injury where he's had like two or three weeks now to recover from it. He looked fine. The price tag is the only thing now, but he'll be like your first option in any Packers groups, probably a main option in run backs of Houston. And just from based on what I've been getting my first couple of weeks, I get a lot of Houston because of Watson's rushing upside. So I think I'll have a lot of Adams compared to, Hopkins, who's a little bit more expensive and has some other wide receivers, Kirk, now fully healthy, producing on his team. Adams is just the guy who's getting like that 36, 38% target share. So it's hard to pass up from him. And then probably DK Metcalf, if just looking for a guy who's going to be low owned in this range, but you can still put him in a stack or just a run back side of Arizona. It'll be a little bit cheaper if you're using Kyler instead of um, Russ on that side. He's every single week producing as if he's like a top 10 wide receiver in this league. Now he goes on by. Julio's right next to him has been going off. Stefan Diggs has, continues to play well. So I think that might be a guy that you actually get at lower ownership relative to these guys. I don't know if he's single digit ownership, but if I had to pick one, I would pick him to kind of take on that a uh, single digit ownership. What are you thinking in the 6K range? Amari Cooper last night uh, with a big time late game salvage. Thankfully, uh, Patrick Peterson is grabbing all over Michael Gallup on consecutive fades to the corner of the end zone resulted in two uh, defensive pass interference calls. Uh, and then Michael Gallup dropping another one. Finally, Amari Cooper, I see Ben shaking his head. Uh, finally, I'm, I feel the same way, man. Finally, uh, Amari Cooper grabs that touchdown garbage time finishes with seven for 79 and a score. What a wild game that was. Michael Gallup was getting targeted early by my, uh, by Dalton more than anybody and then finished with only six targets. But I, I think I think four of those targets were in the end zone, Sal. And I don't even know if – I guess they're not counting the pass – do, do the pass interference – do they count as targets? I never even thought about that. No, there's they some don't. sites that will, like, add them on as, like, a different type of stat, but not, like, official targets, no. Okay, so then he would have had, like, eight. But the point is, overall, Andy Dalton looked his way um, – four times in the end zone. Pretty crazy. It's just, who knows what to think going into this one. What are your thoughts on the 6K range? 
Yeah, like right away I gravitate to just so many good receivers here. I gravitate to Kenny Galladay. Um, going to be a slight underdog, the, the high implied team total. And he looked good. He got to 100 yards on four catches, gets tackled, I think, at like the, the one or two yard line to not end up getting the touchdown. You have this Atlanta defense that has just been absolutely brutal. Last week, you had Justin Jefferson taking advantage of them. Adam Thielen on his limited opportunities and targets was fine there as well. So now you have Kenny Galladay coming in as just like the guy right now. He's he's sporting a, a 30% target share since returning with Matt Stafford, I think 29 point something. And nobody else is producing for them downfield. Marvin Jones isn't getting separation. Amendola's not running downfield. So Galladay's going to be those guys getting targets in the red zone, downfield, all spots of the field. So uh, at 6,700, he's the guy that I look to the most right now. A couple other guys in the 6K range, for the most part, I have been like all starred for, for groups, stacks, things like that. So I'll have ownership. But Tyreek Hill's interesting because he's so cheap at 6,400. Denver's defense is right now one and two in all parts, coverage, uh, run defense with the Steelers. So they've looked good. And Mahomes in the postgame interview mentioned something about how teams now for like three straight weeks are just playing a ton of cover two on them, basically saying you're not beating us with Hardman, you're not beating us with Tyreek down the field. We saw that last night, and then they're saying we dare you to run on us. So it, that's going to continue to happen, and teams do that. Denver can stop the run. So it'll be interesting to see like how this week plays out. I'm very interested to see how this game goes. He's very cheap, Tyreek, but if teams are now basically scheming this whole season to just take away really big play upside, it's a concern. But the opposite side of that is he's now priced down for it. So that's appealing. And then want to track this back injury of Keenan Allen because he's way too cheap at 6,200 if he's going to be fully healthy. Yeah, especially given the volume he's seen. Chat correct me, by the way. Kevin Peterson, not Patrick Peterson. 27, number 27, number 21. I don't know anymore, man. It'll make anything easy in 2020. Uh, ben, 6K range. Talk about the 5K range. Claypool's going up against Tennessee. He's been absurdly good over his last two games, right? He's got 11 receptions, 184 yards, and three receiving touchdowns. He's even got five rushes for 13 yards and two rushing touchdowns over his last two. Uh, it's been an absurd breakout in the early goings for Chase Claypool, and you're seeing it take a toll on guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Deontay Johnson, who knows what his status is, uh, but – what a, what a weird situation we've got going here where, you know, he's been crushing and Juju has 34 yards and no touchdowns over his last two games. Yeah, Claypool is difficult for me just because he's running really good with touch. He's a good player, obviously, but he's really finding the end zone at a borderline ridiculous rate. They're giving the ball, running the ball here and there in the red zone. That's something that we'll have to keep an eye on. But I, I do want to go right back to Tyreek Hill for a second. And I, I don't want to overthink it, but I do think coming off the game where the Chiefs said, you know what, this is what we're going to do. And they did it. They just pounded the ball. I, I do think that this might be the pendulum swinging the other way where I, I don't think the Broncos are going to do that because the Chiefs showed that they're very content to run the ball 35 times if they need to. Uh, this is a prime spot to open it up a little more. You could tell, I saw the same thing that Sal did. Mahomes wants to throw it over the top. He said that. He said, I want to air it out, but we can't right now. I think this is a prime matchup that Denver may shift it a little too much, and they get back to really going over the top. 6,400, ownership won't be there. Big risk, but Tyree Kill is like prime, massive tournament upside every time he's on a slate, so... I love that as a tournament play. Yeah, so do I. Do you have interest in guys like Odell Beckham? Kevin Stefanski mentioned, by the way, that he took Baker Mayfield out of that game because he didn't want him to get hit more. We know that he entered the game with a questionable tag with that ribs and chest injury, so it's not a huge surprise to anybody. Uh, Beckham only targeted four times last game. The volume, however, has been 
you know, trending upwards a little bit, and he had seen one monster game. Got in the divisional spot here against Cincinnati. Are there any guys we haven't talked about around here that you want to hit on? Uh, like the Terry McLaurin. Yeah, that's the, where I was. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. He just, we've talked uh, at length. You know, he had Bradbury last week. He had Ramsey, Humphrey, just a string of really difficult spots. Well, now he gets the Cowboys. Uh, the targets are going to be there regardless. They don't have the luxury of going away from him. So there's no reason he won't be peppered this week against that secondary. You have to like that spot. Odell, I think, is fine, but I'm, as you know, I, I don't believe in Baker at all. I will, if Keenan Allen is healthy, he's the obvious choice. That's just a ridiculous tag. Uh, coming off the bye, I actually think he he should be good to go. You know, Christian Kirk last night, the results were there, Sal, but I would still be a little bit disappointed by the fact that it was potentially the most efficient game you'll see all season. Uh, Christian Kirk had two receptions on three targets for 86 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, you're not going to see that all too frequently. And I, I know they played with the lead, but, you know, Kyler Murray just didn't look towards him all that much. How are you approaching the sub 5K range to this week? Yeah, so right before we get there, Brandon Cooks is still like way too cheap. You've seen 20 targets the last two weeks, nine more this week. Came on really slow. Second half was like all of his production, those final couple of drives. But a really good matchup for him. So Cook starts it off for me. And then getting into this 4K range, yeah, it's just, I mean, you, do you continue to go to Michael Gallup, who keeps getting all the usage and routes and, and high upside targets downfield? This week they have happened to come in the red zone, but it was also 54 targets, like relative to what you were seeing out of Amari and CD Lamb, he was still below them. His actual targets was like around 12, 13%. So that's not great on all the volume that was happening. So it's kind of this dead range in, in this mid and upper 4K range where like Mike Williams looked good the last time out. But Keenan Allen left that game early. If he's going to be healthy, I don't expect Mike Williams to be making these acrobatic crashes again and getting as much usage there. Michael Gallup would probably be the one that I go to at 4,600 the most. Uh, Christian Kirk, though, there's something to it. Like, I don't know if I still fully trust Kyler for like full. I mean, full on game stacks are fine. Like the point total is good, but he hasn't been great in the passing game this year. But Kirk finally got healthy last week, not last night, but last week. And he looked decent. Five catches, 78 yards. You saw the burst again last night. It's just the volume was only 24 total passing attempts, but he'd probably be the next guy that I go to in that range. Not much else here, though. You got, I mean, you have like Julian Edelman, who's just looking terrible. Corey Davis, we'll see if he even gets involved, but I'm not going to end up going there all that much. So, yeah, it, it's tough in this range. I probably go towards the bottom, and you start to see guys like A.J. Green, who came back alive, Randall Cobb, who's going to be in groups for me, got a decent amount of last week, a little revenge game for him against the Packers. So those are probably the spots that I go to the most towards the bottom. Okay, yeah, and I'll – I'll throw Gallup out there again. If you're going to get those chances in the end zone, not just the red zone, but in the end zone, and he got a lot of them, dropped an easy touchdown pass, two pass interference calls, and then another one. Uh, I, I don't hate the idea of getting there, assuming that Dallas moves the ball better against Arizona or Washington than they did against Arizona, and they can cut down on the turnovers. Um, Marvin Jones, like someone said in chat that, I guess the chat was talking about they just can't quit Marvin Jones. I know 16% target share last week. Now you've got Arizona. The game has a monster total. Marvin Jones has that two-touchdown ceiling. We've seen it many times. Hell, he has three-touchdown ceiling. So I'm not totally opposed to that. You mentioned A.J. Green as well, Sal. Look, when you get down this low, I'm just looking for guys that, that – none of these guys are guaranteed volume, Ben. That's why they're cheap but they have the the skill and, and the upside to break off some really big games. 
uh, in the event that it happens to be their day. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at these cheap players. Yeah, I think this is, and it's obviously very hard to categorize, but I, I try to think about it if, you know, I'll just do simple math. There's a huge difference between, say, a guy averages 10 fantasy points per game, you know, if he, if he rotates 8, 12, 8, 12 to do it, or if he rotates 0 and 20, uh, because then that guy has a lot of appeal in certain weeks. He's going to yeah. get you there, and then other times he's going to kill you. You want that. You don't want, there are some guys down here that just do what they do. And their ceilings and their floors are are really bunched together. But there's some other guys that you guys just talked about that I think are going to have some monster games in between some non-existent ones. Uh, the only other guy I'll mention, and it's going to be part if I really go aggressive on the game, would be MVS uh, for the Packers. Just as another guy, obviously, they, they're pretty thin. And I just don't trust Houston at all in any facet. Yeah, okay. I get it. And would that be mostly just game stacks? Situation? Absolutely. Like okay. if, if I want to run more than just Adams with Rogers, uh, I could see him getting in the mix. All right, let's wrap it up here uh, with tight ends and we'll give our favorite defense special team pick below. We're going to go below 2,800 this week. Uh, by the way, guys, all of our shows, you can check all of them out in podcast form. If you don't want to stare at our faces, if you don't want to be on the YouTube app while you're on your phone, um, you know, if you don't have YouTube premium, you know, you can't listen with your phone uh, closed. I suggest getting it. It's pretty fantastic. You close your phone, listen to whatever. Um, but that's besides the point. Any platform that, that has podcasts, any podcast platform, you can find all of our shows from YouTube uploaded onto that. So be sure to check all of them out. And while you're at it, go to oddshopper.awesomeo.com. It's awesome, man. The game pages are so cool for each game. All of the betting trends and information and stats that you're looking for to make educated, decisive, uh, or make dis- educated, decisive opinions. You can watch, you can track all of your bets. You can set a watch list and get notified when when bets and odds change the way you're looking. Uh, and I've said my favorite part, player props. Type a name in, look for that prop, boom, pull it right up. You don't have to scroll. You don't have to do all of this annoying stuff. It's all right there. It's beautiful looking. It's totally free. And with all of these books giving away a ton of free money trying to acquire new players, use those links because you'll get insane opportunities like $500 free bets, $1,000 matches, uh, up to $1,000 on deposit bonuses, crazy stuff. Uh, like plus 5,000 odds for the Steelers to score one touchdown. If you sign up, you can put a hundred bucks on it. Uh, so go to oddshopper.awesome.com and check that out as well. All right, let's cruise through tight ends, boys. Sal, uh, George Kittle, 6,500, going up against New England. Uh, he's coming off a, another really big game against the Rams. Kelsey coming off a two-touchdown game last night facing Denver. Um so both of them facing respectable defenses. And then it drops all the way to TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Janu Smith. There's a pretty big gap there. It falls off a cliff after Kittle and uh, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it's it's almost like naturally you're going to go with like a barbell, either paying all the way up or there's like other viable full-on punt options depending on the health of some other tight ends. But I prefer Kelsey. I assume I'll get more Kelsey than Kittle. Um, not even matchup related, just like full on stacking. You have a fair priced Mahomes, a cheap Tyreek, a really cheap Demarcus Robinson, who was highly used and Hardman really wasn't. So it'll just be easier to get there rather than trying to stack up 
uh, New, uh, or a San Fran team against New England. And then after that, yeah, like I don't have interest in Hawkinson. They're still limiting him. Like he only ran 20 routes last week. You saw the touchdown. You saw a couple of red zone targets, which was good to see. But like their backup tight end right now, Jesse James, the former Steeler, he ran 15 routes. So like they said at the beginning of the year that they want to like take care of him. He's also blocking a lot, which is like something that he's very uh, good and, and strongly known for. So yeah, it's it's a big jump after that. So Kittle and Kelsey up top, I assume I'll get more Kelsey. After that, like the mid-range is where I start to look towards guys like Hunter Henry, Darren Fells, but I'm completely open to fully punting again with even min-price guys if, if we get some other tight ends to be out this week. Yeah, last week we saw Ferkser, uh in a $500,000 slant, Ben. He was like 0.4% owned, had a huge performance. Irv Smith had 11 and a half, really not bad at his price, but it was uh, Trey Burton that if you jumped onto some of that, we talked about him on Sunday's show as well, that, hey, this might be the guy you're actually looking for in this Colts offense, believe it or not. Turned out to be right. Uh, but, yeah, it's just been a really, really ugly position for most of the year. It has, yeah. Burton, he was a bright spot. Now he was also super fortunate he had a rushing touchdown. Um, but that's neither here nor there. For me, the way I'm approaching this slate is I'm going to build and then wherever tight end ends up, I'm pretty comfortable. Obviously, if I have money for for Kelsey, I will gladly do that. If not, uh, Hunter Henry is another big time target. I was just going to go there. He's too cheap. Yeah, too cheap. Great matchup with the Jaguars. Herbert should be looking to him. If Keenan Allen doesn't play, he should get even more of the target share. And then I'm going to throw one more out. I think that Austin Hooper is close. Uh, The targets have been pretty steady. Good matchup with Cincinnati. The last three games, he's got one touchdown against Dallas, but he couldn't find the end zone in the last two. Uh, you know, five five for 52 against Pittsburgh, five for 57 against Indy. I, I think at flat four, you could make a case there uh, if you don't have the salary to maybe get up to those other options. Speaking of the Chargers, I, I know that he's not necessarily a reliable guy, but how much of a freak of nature is Mike Williams? Yeah, he's, I, he's a monster. Sal, you you saw, I'm sure you saw it last. This guy comes down with catches that nobody should make, and he does it every single week if you just throw the ball in his direction. It's really it's really remarkable. Yeah, I, I really don't know if he was, like, trained in, like, WWE in terms of, like, the stunts that he pulls when he jumps <laughs> up there to make some of these catches because it's just – it's it, the way that he just flails his body, it makes absolutely no sense to have to do that. I mean, he makes Lands him look flat on his back, too, and gets right up. You or me or Ben, we'd be dead. Or at least yeah, he, we, we wouldn't move for at least a couple hours. Yeah, he's a national treasure. He, he just doesn't care at all. I mean, he 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 gets dead some of these times, too. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy. He's um he's a massive man, too. Like, if you ever, like, look at his, like, measurables, he's oh, yeah. insane. So, like, all that force just falling down on his tailbone every single time. He's crazy. Yeah. And a defender's body on top of that. Yeah. It's it's crazy. But yeah, Hunter Henry uh, has a 19.5% target share this year. Ben, you said it. If Keenan Allen ends up not playing, I think that definitely factors into to how chalky Keenan or uh, Hunter Henry becomes. And my guess is he becomes probably the chalkiest tight end on the slate. But man, it'd be a really enticing spot uh, to get with him. So I don't know. He said, Anthony Lynn said that he'd be fine. But we all know we all know how coach speak and player speak works. Devontae Adams wanted to play, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, last week? Yep. And and they said, you can't. And then he put something out on Twitter and deleted it. So I don't know. But uh, Hunter Henry's the guy right now that I really like. If you want to go cheap, you're right. Maybe you just let the chips fall where they fall, Ben. And at a, at a position like this, what's the worst that can happen? 
Like you could, you could still get. Well, I'm saying you could get if none of the, the if none of the high end receive, uh, tight ends go off, you could you could get five from a value guy and be fine. We saw somebody win the Millie Maker for, with a zero from Robert Tanya. Now, I'm not suggesting that's the path you want to take. Obviously not. I'm just saying the position's been so bad that there are going to be weeks where a bad tight end performance doesn't hurt you even a little bit as much as a bad performance at other positions. Yeah, I mean, the, the worst thing that can happen is that you play Chris Herndon. That there is no, <laughs> There's no result worse than that regardless of what he does. <laughs> Uh, chat brought up, and this is a good point. If Fant sits, Albert O, he's starting to get worked in. He was Locke's teammate in college, if you take that for what it's worth. He is the flat man. Uh, you know, he's not going to be popular. He's also not going to be unpopular if Fant sits. People will pay down for him. So you, you have options no matter what your price point is. All right. Hey, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Help us get to that 40K mark. I think when we get to 50K, we're going to do something massive. I've not talked to anybody about that. It's just a hunch, Ben. So. Yeah, just breaking the... Yeah, no. I, I just want to throw my support behind that. Subscribe, hit the notification bell. As Luffy said, it, it costs you nothing. If you don't like it, then you unsubscribe. But you'll, you'll know when all our shows are off. We have so many uh, throughout the day. I can barely keep track of it. That is why if you subscribe and hit that notification bell, you'll be on top of things uh, and you can make sure you're getting the most uh, content available. Sal, defense special teams under $2,800. Last week, it was uh, Miami at $2,900, so we couldn't roll with that one. And the Tampa Bay, I wish I knew how much the Bucks defense was. We could go back on Cruncher, and I could pull it up. But, oh, actually, you know what? I think I have it right here. Anyway, who do you – because the Bucks had a monster defensive performance. I think they were the highest-scoring defense uh, on the slate. But what are, you, um, what are you doing here under 2800 yeah, under 2,800. I mean, I first look, I'm tempted to go to Washington just because I think they have the best chance against like the quarterback, but I'm just going to punt all the way down to the Jets at $2,000. Oh. Um, I just Ooh. keep doing it. Like I, I keep getting like four fantasy points from defenses and it comes nowhere near like hurting me. So right. I'll keep rolling with it. One of these weeks, somebody will have a kickoff return for a touchdown and I'll be good, but I'm just going to punt it. Um, there's not even like analysis to put into it. it it's clearly not a good defense. <laughs> I love it. Your hope. You're hoping for two sacks, a fumble recovery, and like I'll be happy with four points if they have me that to just punt and get up at uh, wide receiver and running back. It's a great point. We talked about it yesterday on the uh, the Monday morning quarterback show. So it's so volatile. Like the scoring is so volatile. A team could allow no points and finish with 12 DraftKings points. Another team could allow 28 points and finish with 25. Like that happens. And you just can't. Can you look and say, well, this team does a good job at ball hawking and stripping and, and you know, they have this many defensive touch. Sure. Oh, they're great in punt return. And this team's punt coverage is bad. Of course you can. But like, how often does that really work out for you? Yeah. And like last week, I mean, the Jets lose 24, nothing, six uh, DraftKings points. They give up 37 points uh, two weeks before that eight DraftKings points. So like, mm -hmm. I, I don't even care how many points they give up. It's just a matter of that. They still get to the quarterback at a decent pressure rate, like a little around league average. And all you really need is like one or two turnovers at the 2K price tag to just pay off. You get five fantasy points, you're happy with it. All right, Ben, who do you got? Sub 2,800. I, I will say that I think Washington is the the best answer overall just because the, the Cowboys line is broken. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to take one at 28. I, I'll say that the Browns kind of do the same formula. They can get to Burrow, uh, generate pressure. 
I, I still think he's live to force some turnovers. And if you survive, not, I mean, we've seen the Ravens and the Colts a couple of times, like break the slate on defense. If that doesn't happen, most likely you want to save all the salary here. So you can spend up for all those good skill position players. I'm going to go with Washington. Then if you're not, yeah, uh, take them. very simple reasoning for this. The Dallas offensive line right now is in shambles. Washington's one real strength is getting pressure. I know some would argue that their secondary has been pretty good. So if you want to go with that route, fine. But uh, the the ability to get pressure on a quarterback doesn't just result in sacks, but uh, it also results in the ability to get strips. Like I said, that stuff's unpredictable. But getting to the quarterback against a bad, bad offensive line, a banged-up offensive line, is a lot more predictable than trying to figure out whether I can get a pick six. So uh, I think Washington could still give up points, uh, but also at 2,500, kind of same alignment, same think, line of thinking as, as Sal. They're cheap. They've got some upside. Uh, and really, they just make it so you can spend up pretty much everywhere else. So that'll do it for us. Again, follow Sal at Sal Vetri DFS on Twitter. Check him out on YouTube uh, at Sal Vetri DFS. Ben Rasa at Jazz Raz DFS. Myself, Lafay underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D, and at awesome underscore com. Check out the giveaways, man. On Instagram, you want to see that. That's awesome plus monthly and an all access, or sorry, that's the all access monthly on uh, Instagram. On Twitter, at awesome underscore com. Follow the rules. Just predict what the Dodgers are going to score. Uh, and well, you have a chance to win a full year, a full season of awesome plus MLB. For of course, when next season begins, you'll have it all entirely free. Something great to look forward to throughout this winter. We'll see you guys back here soon. Thanks for watching. Remember, subscribe, hit that thumbs up, and we'll see you back here tomorrow on the NFL Strategy Show.